And now to the latest on the coronavirus. The United States is reporting the highest number of deaths in a single day. Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans into yeah, virtual. He has said uh, before this point that we are on the brink of shutting down again. He on doubled average, down on that. more than 4,700 people are dying around the world from COVID-19-linked illnesses every 24 hours. From January 1st, 2020, the Daily News read like an over-the-top disaster movie script. One an agent might describe as outlandish and not very realistic, but a page-turner nonetheless. So how did a year that was more outlandish than any movie affect the industry that makes them? My name is Ana Sierra, and for the past decade, I have worked as an assistant director in the film industry and a production coordinator in the commercial world. I am currently a COVID coordinator, working with the second biggest production studio in the U.S. In this podcast, I'll take you through everything from the obvious to the intricate to help document how one of the most historic years in U.S. history completely reshaped the way we tell stories. It's December 5th, 2020. A woman stands outside of her closed and shuttered restaurant in Los Angeles and stares across the street at a collection of pop-up tents where multitudes of people are eating a midday meal. The restaurant behind her has been barely hanging on since California went into lockdown in March. She managed to scrape by with a combination of takeout orders and outdoor dining on her patio. But a new order has just gone out disallowing outdoor dining as well. And the takeout orders just can't keep her business afloat. So finally, she closed her doors. It's just temporary, she had told herself. We'll be back up and running in no time. But now she's looking just across the street at a group of people seemingly doing exactly what she was just told she couldn't. Who the hell are these people? A film crew, someone tells her. They were shooting a movie. So why is film allowed to continue while her business, her livelihood, isn't? This just doesn't seem fair. Well, it turns out there is more to those tents and crew members than what meets this restaurant owner's eye. A lot more. In early June, the DGA, that's the Directors Guild of America, in conjunction with several other unions, released a 36-page document known as the Safe Way Forward. This document outlined the plan to bring back film production in the state of California following its shutdown in March. It's incredibly detailed, and we'll refer back to it often in this podcast. But what you really need to know about it is that the Safe Way Forward is the reason why that group of crew members was able to sit down and have their meal safely, while the poor restaurateur wasn't able to offer the same to her diners. In this episode, we're going to focus on the first, and arguably the most important reason why, despite looking almost identical to the restaurant setup, the film set was entirely different. I'll let an excerpt from the document itself describe it. How does one mitigate the risk of people getting sick when they are violating every physical distancing guideline for hours on end, for weeks at a time. As you might imagine, it ultimately comes down to testing, a lot of testing. Excerpt from The Safe Way Forward, a joint report of the DGA, SAG-AFTRA, IATSE, and Teamsters Committees for COVID-19 Safety Guidelines. 
Gig Udenpresser is a COVID testing coordinator for Animal Kingdom, a TNT series currently in its fifth season whose parent production company is Warner Media. Let's pause for a second and repeat that title. Not COVID compliance officer, not even COVID coordinator, just COVID testing coordinator. That means her whole job is just to make sure people get their tests and keep a record of it. She doesn't even administer the tests or transport the samples. She just makes sure they get them. Think that doesn't sound like it would be a role that needs an entire body dedicated to it? Think again. When you first started on Animal Kingdom in pre-production, it was just you doing this role. By the end, how many people were doing this one job? At first, it was just me, and then it turned out to be a bit much for one person. So we onboarded one assistant, and then the two of us went on so much overtime that we ended up having to onboard another assistant <laughs> to handle testing alone. How many hours do you think you worked a day? We tried to keep it to twelve every day so that we get a twelve-hour turnaround, just like everybody else on set. But before we ended up with three people. Me and the assistant went on for some of the days. I believe sixteen hours. <laughs> I just remembered us just booking tests for people all the way into I don't know one thirty in the morning. Can you take me through what your responsibilities are and try to explain exactly why this is such a vital and complicated job to do? I have tried this so many times with so many people. It doesn't sound like what it really is, no matter how hard I try. But I'm gonna try again. I book test for all the cast and crew on set, and we're talking a network show, so this is huge. By the end of the season, we ended up testing seven hundred and fifty-five people in total. But basically, I keep track of all testing. And with Warner Brothers, people are categorized into what the executives called Zone A and Zone B. Zone A is basically people who are more in the middle of set with the actors, whose job requires them to take their mask off when they're working. So these people in Zone A are getting tested three times a week at least, and then everybody in Zone B is getting tested once a week. It's now my job also to make sure that people who are getting tested three times a week are getting tested on the days they're supposed to get tested, and then I also keep track of their results per se. Like I don't get to see the official result because I'm not a nurse, but we have the system where it tells me when someone is not cleared for work. I also keep in communication with the medical provider who provides testing. And also with the head nurse, all of our production details for the following week, where the shoot is going to be, what time do we start,、um, how many hours do we need the testing trailers open, the testing schedule for our cast and crew, so that she knows who's coming in at what time. You and I both know that Warner Media goes extremely above and beyond in all of their COVID protocols, including testing. They are the gold standard of keeping all of their cast. Crew and employees safe, but let's just talk about the basic Los Angeles County laws for this question, so as not to confuse anyone. What is the bare minimum testing that needs to be done for a production right now? What kind of pre-employment test should be taken before anyone ever even steps foot on a set?、Um, well, the minimum testing is one PCR test a week. The same goes for pre-employment testing. 
everybody needs to get just one PCR test within 72 hours before starting. It's kind of like going on a flight. So that's that's the minimum requirement. But with our show, we've been giving people three pre-employment tests and it has proven to be useful because sometimes people would clear their first test coming in and then cleared the second test and came up positive the third test. During the early days of this production, we talked a lot about how the job we were doing literally didn't even exist a month ago. How were you initially approached for this role and how was it described to you? Um, my boss, sweet guy, bless his soul, he called me and asked me if I would like to work in the COVID compliance department for the show. It's obviously his first time being a COVID compliance officer as well. And he basically just asked if I would be down to come keep track of testing to be, uh, and I'm quoting, kind of this testing coordinator for our team. And I was like, kind of this testing coordinator? Mm, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Like, what do I have to do? And he's like, well, it's... It's going to be the kind of skill set that you usually use to be my second AD. So I was like, oh, just a lot of keeping track of information, bunch of spreadsheets, right? And he's like, yeah, it sounds that way. We'll see. <laughs> I'll just roll with it. And I just signed up for it. It's just, there are just so many moving parts that in the end, it's just me adapting every single day to make sure that there's nothing falling through the cracks in terms of information and stuff. How does it feel to be something of a pioneer in this role? I never really thought about that. I never really thought about myself as a pioneer. I just did what I had to do to survive, kind of like the first Stone Age men who learned how to hunt, I suppose. <laughs> I kind of just rolled with it. But yeah, it's just most, most of the time it was just, there were a lot of loose ends. Because, you know, the job is constantly shifting depending on the county guidelines and stuff like that. And with the healthcare providers, they've been giving people tests for a while before we started shooting. But then this this was also the first time that they started testing people for a film set. So like the whole system was just kind of always shifting. And so we just we just had to adapt to that constantly. This is the case for every role in the COVID department. Until June 2020, this department didn't even exist, much less all of the roles that comprised it. Suddenly you have all of these people trying to fill these professions that were completely non-existent mere weeks ago, and they have to be experts in them. And mistakes don't just cause Tom Hanks and Quinn 92 some sick days. It's not Tom Cruise yelling at you on set that you should be worried about. Because if there's one slip-up, it could be people's lives on the line. Let's take a foray from the gold standard for a moment and peek behind the curtain at the terrors that are the non-union world. <laughs> now, the indie film industry is really what keeps our whole industry afloat. The big studios couldn't thrive without the little ones, and vice versa. I have a huge respect for this side of the film world. However, along with the A24s and other great smaller production companies, also unfortunately exists some practices that are downright scary. John Helgren is a non-union production designer who has headed the art department on international commercials and independent feature films. 
He has also production designed music videos for artists such as Nicki Minaj, Migos, and Timbaland. He prides himself on running professional, safe sets, even on low-budget productions. But he's been forced to reevaluate some of his producer relationships during the pandemic. So, John, can you describe to me what your job was like before the pandemic? As a production designer, I'm responsible for helping the director to fulfill their design intent. And part of that is involved with me coordinating between all the department heads of the project and making sure that the design overall maintains throughout the project. I spend a lot of time on set interacting with the different department heads as the show goes on as well as a lot before the project even starts. A majority of my time I spend at the monitor directing my art team that most of that is me giving guidance to my team to make sure that uh, a majority of the design that we make makes it onto camera. But also it's me feeling off of the emotion of the director of photography and the director for what they're trying to do or how they're trying to frame the shot so that I can get the most production value of the art department into the shot. And so it's a collaboration of three of us. Uh, as an art director, as a production designer, it's very important for me to physically be there. And post-pandemic, what is it like now? So since the pandemic, my art department's basic mode of operandi has been more of a fabricator than a production designer because my art crew comes in during an allotted time the day before to build, design, dress, stage the props on a table, leave detailed instructions, and then there's no art presence on the day. And then a day at least after the shoot, my crew comes in to strike it. So we install a movie set and we tear it down. It's really frustrating. So handling the props or adjusting the set decoration on the day unfortunately falls onto the responsibility of some production assistant who is already overloaded with basic production duties that they neither have the skill set nor the drive to make sure that the props get featured in the proper way to give the best production value. So quite honestly, it's asking me to paint a picture but to blindfold myself. What's the main reason you can't be on set anymore? So post-pandemic as a production designer in the independent film world has been a day-to-day dance Per production of what and how much trust I can put into the production on the day because for the most part I make the decision that my department's not going to be on set because the production can't guarantee COVID compliance to some degree for whatever reason and it's very frustrating for me just as an artist I mean I want to see the project through I want to be there I want to help make sure that the production gets the best visual storytelling they possibly can And film productions, for the most part, can't guarantee me that the crew will be COVID tested, let alone even offering to COVID test the crew. Why is it that, despite the fact it's legally required, producers still just gloss over the testing protocols? I don't know. I think uh, in, in the Wild West of the indie film world, It's possible some believe that this is something they might have to just tolerate and do the bare minimum until it goes away. Um, Some genuinely believe they can't afford it. I have very rarely come into contact with a producer that understand that it very much falls into their responsibility and also takes it seriously. I want to be clear, we're talking about the select few that are putting their own pocketbooks ahead of the safety of their cast and crew. There's definitely a lot of good producers out there, right? 
make no mistake that if I felt that producers that I was working with genuinely didn't care about the safety of myself or my crew, um, there'd be no hesitation that I'd never work with them again. And I feel that all the producers that I work with are still very good people and they're all trying to adapt to COVID in a way that they think is appropriate. And that's the only reason why I'm still open to the idea of dressing and designing for them before their shoot and then waiting 24 hours to then strike and leaving an art department crew non-existent on their shoot day. It's been said that the pandemic has the ability to completely destroy the indie side of the film industry. Do you think that's true? I don't think that COVID's going to destroy the indie film industry. It's only going to destroy producers that put their crews at risk. I mean, one thing that I'd like to just say to your listeners, specifically any producers that are working with art departments, is that before the pandemic, big asks or major changes, if you have a resilient art department, could adapt and make that happen maybe in 24 hours. But you have to appreciate now with COVID, ordering things online have changed. Scheduling appointments at prop houses are further out. So as a producer, I beg you to appreciate the fact that if you're going to do major changes for your art department the last minute, appreciate that those might not be as realistic as they were before the pandemic. Now, testing is just the very first subject in the 36-page guidelines, albeit an extremely involved, intricate, and important one. There was a lot more that went into making that meal tent safe for the crew eating their meals that day across from the closed restaurant. In the future, we'll talk about some of the other things that went into making that location far safer than just a patio in the parking lot of a restaurant. But the biggest difference is that the restaurant owner doesn't have the ability to test every single customer who comes to eat on her patio. That's something that's just not feasible for any business. So I asked each of my guests what they would say to that woman who looked across the street and was frustrated by what she saw that day. Gig, what would you tell the woman who owned that restaurant if she asked you why a film set could set up tents to feed people and she couldn't? She is right in terms of people eating outside in open air and being six feet apart. In, in that sense, we are the same. But what the difference is, everybody coming into her restaurant could be coming from God knows where. We don't know when they last got tested. We don't know who they've been in contact with. They don't know, like, we don't know if we've gotten COVID. They themselves don't know if they've been in contact with someone who's had COVID because that's how the virus operates and why it's so scary. When a film crew is eating outdoors, literally all of them have been testing on a weekly basis at the minimum. It's, it's a much more controlled environment compared to an average. I'm not saying we have zero risk. Even, even with that amount of safety, that amount of assuredness that we're supposed to have, we're still scared. So to me, it makes sense why restaurants are not supposed to be open at all. I asked John the same question. I think there's a very unfortunate disconnect between what I'll call just the civilian world in Los Angeles and then those that work in the film industry. I don't believe she fully understands the level of COVID safety that goes into just enabling, air quotes, a group of people to just have lunch in my parking lot. And I think that's just a disconnect between regular people and people that work in the film industry in Los Angeles. Two different worlds and we don't really appreciate what the other does. <laughs> 